history 101. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me from the lovely PlayStation launch is Mr. Jam Elias. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very good, Fred. I went all the way back in time, 20 years, just to relive the launch. <laughs> we are live here in Akihabara at uh, <laughs> okay. Super Potato to uh, announce the, uh, the launch, and unfortunately, across town... Sulking in his apartment with the Sega Saturn, we have also with us Mr. Andy Urquhart from 42 <laughs> Level 1. How are you doing, sir? All good, all good. And that's actually quite relevant to my story. Am I getting my PlayStation? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait to listen. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you were just sitting there eagerly anticipating the release of Sonic Extreme? Yeah. I'm still waiting. <laughs> still waiting. Uh, it's it's closer. They've got the source code now. Yeah, <laughs> they yep. just got to get it to run more than five frames a second. But uh, anyway, well, how's everybody doing this week? Yep, cold. It's cold freezing over here. Although that's probably normal for Andy. But <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cold up here. But we we used to uh, spent too much money this week on things from deals. Oh, Many me deals. too. Alcohol. <laughs> just tons of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Uh, I ordered a Wii U. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. Congratulations, sir. Yeah, it hasn't. It's not here yet. But <laughs> and even when it does get here, it'll be getting stuck in the cupboard, and it'll be getting opened at Christmas. So, ah, oh, there you go. I, uh, <laughs> well, I have a kind of relevant story, but real quick, I want to ask, uh, Mister Jam, did you do anything of note? Uh, no, um, kind of indulged <clears throat> in the new American British holiday, Black Friday over here. Thanks for that, America. <laughs> hey, we're but, just uh, trying to share our racism with the world. <laughs> but, yeah, it's one of those things that, um, I think this is the, because it's been, it's been on, it's been over here online quite for, for a few years now, isn't it, Andy? It's been on Amazon yeah. for like a couple of years, but it's, this is like the first, um, sort of year where it seems to really be big retail wise as well. Um, unfortunately with my job, I kind of like work in this area where retail, in the retail kind of area and just the, just trying to get to work on Friday was a nightmare. Oh, it just, bad. it just felt like something surreal. Really, I was thinking, what is going on? It's the first year this has ever happened as well. Um, so it felt like almost like firsthand experience that whole just people that are just utterly insane queuing for hours for, for what saving in the, is, over here, Fred? It's even stupider. They're saving less money than you would be in America. <laughs> but like, like they're saving like five pounds on something. Well, it's kind of funny because I don't know if you guys noticed, and I don't know if it's been very reflective or talked about, but the Cyber Monday deals were actually quite significant over the Black Friday deals for the most part. You could get most of the Black Friday deals, and the Cyber Monday deals tended to be better because what happened was all the retailers started competing with each other. Like everyone kind of had their own bundles that they were doing or their own software. Like you knew that Best Buy was the place to go get Shadow of Mordor. Or you knew that GameStop was the place to go get, you know, I don't know, Titanfall. But on Cyber Monday, it was like everybody's fighting over the same products. And so they're just undercutting each other and price matching. And it was, uh, but you know what, Jam? 
On Cyber Monday, you cannot see a bitch throat punch another bitch over a $99 Xbox. And that, my <laughs> yeah. friend, is what the American holiday and spirit is all about. <laughs> well, that, there was some images on the news. I don't know if you saw them, Andy, at least in the UK news on um, on the BBC of some people yeah. probably going at it on Black Friday. Another thing I've never seen in this country before, people yeah. actually fighting over TVs. I know it's a common thing for you, Fred. <laughs> well, you know, actually, we don't talk about it much in this country, but people are prone to just drop everything and start throwing down for no reason whatsoever consistently <laughs> in this country. So it, it came as no shock to me. It's something I see every day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting holiday. It's an interesting, I guess it's a holiday. Um, I don't know. I always jokingly say Black Friday is where you pretend to be buying gifts for other people. And <laughs> Cyber Monday is where you flat out admit you're buying shit for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that as well fred holiday because it's not a holiday over here for us oh it's not <laughs> a holiday day. it's not a holiday here either um some lucky individuals mostly government officials but i do happen mm. to work at a hospital who uh is kind of tight with its holidays but uh but does consider the friday after to be a holiday as well um but uh, for most people i would say it's not a holiday i don't even think banks are closed on black friday to be honest with you um, there's just so much commerce to be had in America, and we are a hardcore capitalistic society. <laughs> you can't take two things from us, our money and our drugs. Or, sorry, guns. <laughs> there was a Freudian slip. Uh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> um, I'm not just talking about the Rojas household either. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I try to avoid it completely. Um but uh, I did manage to get all my holiday shopping done on Black Friday from nice. the courtesy of my home. So, nice. yeah. So there was that. And I bought a little something for myself. But uh, I don't know. Should I get into it? Yeah. All okay, right. Well, real quick. So if you were following on the internet, and there was only a handful of you who were, <laughs> um, I and my brother-in-law got together, and we got drunk, and we pounded 30 cans of Natty Light. And God knows how much Mountain Dew pizza, donuts, chips, etc. Um, and knocked out Conker's Bad Fur Day in a in almost a day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I had to play dad duty in the in the evening, which I didn't know I was gonna have to do. Um, so I returned to Conker's for the last hour or so. Um, on uh, Wednesday night, but everything was streamed. Everything's still on Twitch. We have our Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash GH101. And I am currently in hour 8.5 out of 14 in editing together the video. <laughs> wow. It's going to be about 90 <laughs> minutes, which trims out 14 hours. So uh, I just took the highlight reels and I kind of did it like a jackass video. You know how like every time it like zooms <laughs> up, something happens and there's like a fun little you know, name for it, you know, like one of them is called Pooey and I'll let you decide which one that might be about. And, uh, and so it gives you just a nice little snippet. I also, my brother-in-law tends to say very terrible things. And so it, it highlights a lot of the things like that. Uh, some of his choice stuff is if you suck this bad, I'm going to make my sister divorce you and things like that. So it's, it's good stuff. Um, but, uh, but we had fun with that, although that's pretty exhausting. So if I ever do that again, I think what I'm going to do is like, do it like, once a week, you know, over a month or something, which might end up being how I handle Resident Evil because I also got my hands on that. Yeah, um, that's a great buy. You want to talk about crazy Japanese stuff? I bought that from Play Asia. It released on the 27th, which was Black Friday. 
and at mm. 8 a.m., I paid for the $5 FedEx shipping, not like the priority or release day or anything. And at 8 a.m. on Friday morning, he delivered it to me. Nice. It's pretty impressive. But uh, anyway, I started playing that. Uh, did some uh, capture on that. <laughs> yeah. Did some video, did an unboxing. It, do you think that's my best unboxing to date? Well, best with two hands. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I've used two hands. It's crazy. The camera's not like thumping it. I think it's going to be your aliens one. <laughs> <laughs> so I had fun with that. But uh, so real quick, um, I had an interesting situation happen. Oh, okay. Tiger Claw says, how does it feel beating Conker's Bad Fur Day? Do you feel rejuvenated, sense of joy, and relieved? Yeah. The problem with that game is its highs are really high and its lows are really low. And there are certain parts in that game that hitch up. I don't know how much you guys remember it, but the lava surfing scene with the three cavemen from Back to the Future 2, that proved itself to be a little bit of a bitch. There is a scene where you have to swim through a tunnel full of blades, and that scene was terrible because you have no depth perception. Don't worry, we highlight it plenty <laughs> on the video. Um, and then uh, and then I really had a hell of a time with the military scene, the Saving Private Ryan stuff. Uh, it's where I gave up. Uh, to be honest with you, I gave up at like two in the morning or three in the morning or something <laughs> uh, the night of that, you know, of us doing the marathon. I was like, that's it. I'm done. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I was like an hour away. But um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> Fortin Guard's getting on it. Uh, but uh, what has beating Conquer's Bad Fur Day taught me? Uh, never to do this as a marathon because uh, you make <laughs> the fun unfun. Conquer's is very tolerable in small doses. Um. But uh, And I think that's true for all video games. I don't know if you guys tell me. Like, other than certain freeform games, like fucking around in GTA or something, mm. like marathoning it, unless you're really compelled, and sometimes you are, mm. it's never fun. And old school tends to be less fun of a marathon. Yeah. I did, uh, I did marathon uh, Beyond Two Souls in one night when it came out. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I loved it, so. Yeah, Beyond, I could see anything David Cage. Pre- actually, let me take that back. Do not marathon Fahrenheit. <laughs> uh, Indigo prophecy. That is not an ideal circumstance. I think the end I'm of it. What? I think I'm not married from that one. Oh <laughs> my god, that fucking part in the middle where uh, you're trying to reach for your apartment door and you have the nightmare and there's 103. Well, at least if you're on the hardest setting, uh, like me, like an idiot, because I played Heavy Rain first, I was like, well, oh, okay. uh, there's 103 uh, quick time events in a row. <clears throat> and if you miss three, you uh, have to restart it. <laughs> I didn't have that problem. That would ruin your day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so I had this guy. I got on Craigslist because uh, I was yeah. looking for something. I wanted a new graphics card. Call me crazy. Um, and crazy. yeah, <laughs> and there was a guy on there who said Pit Fighter Cab wanted. I was like, what the fuck? And he goes, I want an authentic Pit Fighter Cab. I had one for a long time, and I got rid of it a couple years back, and I want it back. And he goes, if it's in proper working condition. I will pay $500 for it. Um, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so I made a video, put it on YouTube, took some pictures, cleaned up the cab, put it all back to pit fighter status, made sure everything worked, and uh, and sent him the, the email. And he goes, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that looks really good. Uh, there are some, you know, f- some banging up and stuff like that on the cab, but all in all, it looks good. He goes, I'll be honest with you. You know, that was like a month ago. I'll give you 375 for it. And I said, sure, absolutely. So I ended up selling my pit fighter cab because who's going to buy a pit fighter cab for $375? Yeah. (laughs) And then I hooked up my main computer to my 38-inch 
uh, normal TV, like my, my CRT TV, not my HD TV and, uh, and, and hooked up, um, my, my street fighter 15th anniversary, uh, dual joysticks to it. And it actually is quite serviceable. So I think for right now, I'm going to hold off on the main cab <laughs> and just enjoy it this way for a little while. Plus I don't have to worry about resolutions and stuff. I can let it just, uh, do its own stuff. So I am cabinet free and it's kind of weird, but, uh, arcades are heavy. So, um, but if I do buy it, I, uh, yeah, a bunch of people are asking why the fuck would they want it. I have no idea. He does not want to turn it into a main cab or anything. Yeah, he wants he did he did tell me he has like the nineteen nineties midway collection. He has Mortal Kombat one, two, yeah. three, and Ultimate lined up. And he's he showed me some pictures of his warehouse. He has like a warehouse, kind of like a warehouse, like a storage shed that he owns, and he's carpeted it and turned it into an arcade, so um, but yeah, and he offered it to me. Uh, I think my next goal, and I've talked about it a long time was I want a street fighter two cab and until I can find a street fighter two cab for about 300 bucks, which is all I think they're really worth. Um, I probably won't. And, and it's gotta be in working condition. Uh, I probably won't jump at anything. Uh, I did have somebody who offered me a street fighter cab that worked, but the PCB was bad and that's fine. Cause I've got some other PCBs and I can check the wiring and everything with the ones I've got. Um, which I might pick up and he was offering me a hundred bucks. So if that works out, cool. Otherwise I'm going to go arcade free for a little while. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'll be weird. <laughs> what? I'll be weird for you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Hold almost up. think it's better as like, I don't know. Mame cabs are great, but mame cabs are great when they're on your terms. A pit fighter is a terrible mame cab. It's <laughs> only barely serviceable enough. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, um, all right. Well, I guess uh, we should jump into some news. Mm-hmm. All right. Jam. So, uh, did you, have you seen the list that I pulled up, Fred? I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one was definitely. And I'm very curious as to why this first article even happened at all. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, so anyone that well in the GH101 um, chat at the moment, anyone that remembers uh, um, Fred did a his Doom video not too long ago on YouTube. And um, anyone who remembers that video probably knows that the best version by far was the 3DO version. No. <laughs> With its tiny little screen. <laughs> no. And its fucking <laughs> slow-ass movements. Uh, it ran at yeah. 8 frames a second. It's fantastic. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, so. Uh, the so they've actually released the um, it's the source code that's been released online now. Which I guess doesn't really might really mean much to anybody, but I guess the, uh, oh, the whole point. Oh, it does to some groups of yeah, people, yeah. I assure you. <laughs> really but um, the whole point of it is, if anyone doesn't know, is that modders can get in on this and basically, I guess, make a good game or a good version of Doom out of the 3DO version. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're hoping for, and I bet somebody's up to the task. There is somebody in their in their bedroom who's like, I mean, the 3DO does have a two times CD-ROM drive, so if you can do something with streaming, you should be able to perk that up. The only problem with the 3DO is it's just a real bare-bones hardware. It's literally like an early first-generation DVD player mm. with like a CD-ROM drive in it that's really fast <laughs> that has to work together to make a game that was intended for PC run. But fuck, if they can get Wolfenstein 3D working in perfect condition on the Genesis Mega Drive, they are up to this task. <laughs> 
So. If they managed to do this, though, Fred, would you be able to stream on your own 3DO at all? Or? Yes, there is. Yeah. Uh, this is what, I, what, what we kind of don't talk about, but 3DO is one of the many consoles that has no copyright protection whatsoever. If you wanted yeah. to look up an ISO of Doom and burn it to a CD at the fastest speed on the most clunky burner, it'll work fine. Um, it also means my copy of Doom is probably useless now because it's like legal to pirate this version now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Boo you, Rebecca Ann Heinemann. Uh, well, it's funny you mentioned that because she was saying that the game, she, she briefly mentioned in the article about how difficult this game was to make originally. Yeah, and maybe it is. I'm curious mm. to hear what people are talking about. But, uh... It'll yeah, be interesting to see what comes of it. And uh, Fortingard's wondering if I'm trolling. No, no, no. Doom's a good game. Don't get me wrong. The 3DO oh, yeah, port yeah. of Doom is particularly we're problematic. <laughs> we're not talking about Doom, the game being bad. We're talking about the 3DO version of it. So, um, but you know what? Watch modders make an awesome version of it, and it's just going to yeah. be like, fuck me. <laughs> so, um, They've but, released on everything else, including printers. <laughs> they have, yes. The printer port sucks, though. It's <laughs> Controls are so shit. Uh, <laughs> But uh yeah, so that's been that's been released. She's like, fuck, you think it's easy? Here, do it yourself. Um uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting story. I saw that today and I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So um um Andy, you I think you mentioned this earlier on your um well Ali mentioned this on Voice You Will Have One just before us, um, that Nintendo has filed a patent for the Game Boy emulator. Um Although I think um, I don't know, I don't think Ali might have mentioned it was more for just mobile devices, but this is it goes a bit further than this. This pattern, it's more that um, Nintendo's filed it for basically patterns like um, using it on planes or trains or basically like mobile devices there, as well as as well as obviously mobile phones. Um, some people are arguing on the internet that this is not really so much that Nintendo's going to release Game Boy games to mobile devices, but more they're just going to try and stop other people doing it. But mm. we'll see. I mean, it's uh, I don't I don't I I I'm, I don't think Nintendo is going to be jumping on um, like releasing stuff on the App Store or anything like that just yet. Or at least I don't think it's ever going to happen personally. But um, but I don't know. What do you What do you think, Fred? They're going region free potentially with the 3DS, and that has nothing to do with actually a previous discussion that was had today about the 3DS. Uh, that's just a merging of regions. But uh, uh, you know, I used to say never say never. What I can promise you is, when they release that emulator, they're going to lock it down so much that you have to buy the games through them. Mm. And if the Virtual Console's any uh, <laughs> any oh, yeah, indication yeah. of how this is going to play out, uh, I wouldn't get my hopes up anytime soon, even if it does come out. But uh, here's hoping, uh, you know. Um, but I think you're correct. I think we're more likely to see this. Um, you know, people don't talk about it, but their GameCube and N64 emulators uh, in hotel rooms in America pretty widespread. Um, oh, I didn't think know there's that. a yeah, yeah, and I think there's a SNES emulator on certain flights in this country so <laughs> lucky to get a tv in a hotel over here <laughs> oh yeah i can't wait to go to europe <laughs> that that might just say what part of town do you live in <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm just kidding it's in pal i can't watch it anyway uh i can't i can't see my life in 50 frames a second um but uh all kidding aside we'll see um <clears throat> here's the better question uh would you guys play game boy games if you had the option to on a uh on a plane I think I'd kind of do already. <laughs> See, that's the I'm other the problem, guy that right? takes my right? game. Boy a lot. No, I do too. Like, that's the <laughs> other problem is like, 
Like we all know at this point that Metroid two can only be played for so long before you have to just switch it up, you know? And so that's the other problem is what, what are they going to pick? Because Mario Sunshine's like the only thing I can ever play on, you know, on those GameCube. Contr- it's hilarious. It's an N64 controller that plays GameCube games uh, in these hotel rooms. <laughs> and you're like, who the fuck wants to play Mario Sunshine? <laughs> you know, at six ninety five an hour. Mm. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's. We'll see. I'm just curious to see what it ends up being. I think it's more fun as an over under for like a bad bet. Like, I don't yeah. know shaving someone's name in your chest or something, you know, like it's, it's a fun bet, but it's, it's, it's kind of a non-story, but there are people who hope and pray that they can put an emulator on their mobile phone, you know, cause Android and iOS even have no way of putting a Game Boy emulator on your phone. There's absolutely <laughs> no way to do that whatsoever. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, I, again, I just think people need to, uh, people need to adjust their, what what they hope for appropriately but once you do yeah cool let's see what they do sweet now i've got a question for andy actually because i don't know um andy did you play did you have a microcomputer when you were growing up uh i had an amiga and an amiga yeah that doesn't really count well it does count (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that was like that was like saying did you have a car growing up yeah it was just a lexus i mean a mercedes it was just don't you bad my my amiga yeah no that's what i mean the amiga is like the best one isn't it yeah Yeah. it's it's great the amiga is amazing but um i only had that and my sharp sixty-eight thousand to get by they they were only arcade (laughs) quality graphics what the fuck was i gonna do But, but um, Andy, did you ever play? Did you ever play Elite or heard of Elite at all? The game? Nope. Oh my god! I struggled with this with Fred the other week. <laughs> so, I have no um, idea what he's talking about. No, I'm just kidding. So, Elite is a very infamous space game. Uh, it's basically No Man's Sky. Several, basically, it was released back in 1981, before, a bit before. So, basically, right. way before this game's come even come out. Um, it was released for the BBC Micro originally um, over here in the UK. Andy and Fred, and basically it was a. <laughs> I don't even know what you would call this game. It's a three D space exploration game where you can. Wasn't you it a mud? Play... A what? Yeah, you what? Yeah. D- do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the the from you mean the mud engine? Well, um, do, 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 do. hold on, let me look him up real quick. But uh, mud was like multiplayer unified something something. Oh, hold on. I got to look wasn't it up. Multiplayer, so like the earliest versions of uh, MMOs. Oh, okay, so it wasn't multiplayer. No, no, it wasn't multiplayer. It was single player. It was basically a, an exploration game. Oh, so it was, uh, proce- was it procedurally generated? Was that the thing? Uh, I guess so. Um, or did they just build so many fucking places that it was impossible pretty much. to see everything? It's very sort of, you know, it's vector kind of... Well, it wasn't really vector graphics, but it looks kind of like vector graphics. But it's a 3D exploration game. You can, you know, you can like sell stuff you can go on emissions you can shoot spaceships down it's kind of like you play like a science oh, so solo character effect. okay yeah basically uh, except <laughs> you're only in spaceship but it's a if, if you if you knew it back in the day and if you played back in the day this game was really really good and they did obviously um several years later the creators of the game released a kickstarter um the company called frontier um this Kickstarter managed to raise $7.5 million, which is quite big. But that's not just from Kickstarter alone. It's from sort of various kind of crowdfunding sources. I think from Kickstarter, it got like $3.5 million, and they got still. the additional funding. So it's still, it's huge, basically. Uh, and did you not see, did you see this at Eurogamer, Andy? You must have seen yeah, this. Yeah, Elite, Elite Dangerous. 
that's it it's elite dangerous yeah. so this is the new one it's like this new brand new game and everybody was hugely excited about it especially the people that played this game back in the day um the, the key word i'm using here is single player <laughs> really um because what they released not oh, too long ago the problem yeah okay. is that this game is now going to be online only yeah. not, not offline um it's, it's and this this news was so huge andy it actually was in the national newspapers over here <laughs> Including, including the Guardian. That's where I got this story from. <laughs> so, um, fantastic. And it, it, the game is due to be released in December this month, actually. And they basically dropped this bombshell kind of quite just literally before launch. And it was playable at Eurogamer, Andy, um, yeah. as in a single player form offline. Um, so they've kind of, um, I, I, I didn't contribute to this Kickstarter. I'm, I don't, I mean, I kind of almost wish I did before I heard this news, but then after hearing this, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, maybe it's not such a bad thing. But, so, but it's more just because of the contra- controversy it's caused in the moment. So, but the reason this is huge news as well is um, the the website for the game now has managed to, I think, go over 500 pages of complaints in a forum from fans oh. of the who donated <laughs> to it. So it's caused kind of like a bigger shitstorm than um, SimCity, basically. <laughs> Which is why it's kind of big news, really. Well, it's, it's big so news is EA publishing it? No, they're not. No, okay, it's, it's no, all from no, Frontier. No, I, was, I was kidding. Yeah. I was kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think EA wants to be the world's worst company three years in a row. But... Oh, I don't know. There's quite a few giving them a run for their money this year. Ubisoft, Ubisoft, Ubisoft yeah. I'm yeah, looking know, yeah. at you. You're gonna, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> but... Uh... But it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, um, it sounds like that they kind of, I mean, I was saying this to Fred before that I think they've been looking at other games such as No Man's Sky and kind of thinking, uh, maybe we, maybe we should try and make something like that now. <laughs> and so they're kind of going. Problem. Like, did you notice what, what Blizzard did? Uh, Blizzard no. looked at Destiny and said, huh. Yeah. That's what we were trying to do with Titan. We're canceling Titan. <laughs> These assholes go, Wow, that's pretty big. That's pretty crazy. Everybody wants to be them. Let's shoot there. Yeah, let's go right in and clone that son of a bitch right on up and see what happens. This all goes back to that debate that I think we've had many times on the show before, Fred, about, you know, well, it's Kickstarter. You know, you, you know what you kind of sign up for, and it is kind of at their discretion whether they change things or not. Really, oh, like, I thought you were talking about the 720-1080i debate. <laughs> no, no. No, um, yeah, I mean, for me with Kickstarter uh, these days especially, and everybody, you know, I mean, I'm kind of well-documented on my theory on Kickstarter, but I'll kick in if I want it to be funded, and that's very few games. Once it's funded, though, like if I see it and it, it gets enough interest that mm-hmm. I see it, it's usually funded already, and then I'm like, yeah. well, I'll just wait till it comes out. I will exercise my right as a consumer at that time. <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> and apart from that, the only other story, I guess, that was a quick one. I don't. Um, oh, mm-hmm. you don't have an Xbox, do you, Andy? Nope. I feel really bad. I feel like I'm not, not, not getting you involved in the news stories, but. Um, oh, I'll get him involved in the news stories. <laughs> just a second. Anyway. So um, the um, ET documentary, the I don't know, I forgot what it was called. Is it Game Over or something? Um, that one we talked about before Land about the Phil. That's the it, documentary. Yeah. I have no idea what it's called. <laughs> anyway, in it, shit. E.T. story. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that was released and it's free yes, it on was. Xbox. Yes, it is. You get what you pay for. <laughs> Just saying. You get what you pay for. People are like, that really filled me with nostalgia. Didn't me. 
Nope. <laughs> but you can watch it for free, too, if you want to. Uh, it is on the Xbox 360 as well as the Xbox One, though. So there's that. And I'm sure some mean son of a bitch ported it over to YouTube for the whole world to enjoy. So there's that. I mean, they did already. Yeah, it's already yeah you there. do get to see Larry Herb in it, though. Mm. And that's kind of fun. He's kind of a charismatic guy. So. I mean, for free, you can't complain. I mean, well, well you can, um, <laughs> but it's your own fault. I've warned you now, so you can't have that hour back. You, uh, you just gotta, just gotta go balls deep and, and pray that it works out. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, check it, it out. It if filled you want. an hour while I, was pl- while I was watching now while playing Secret Manor. So yeah, see, if you do two things at once, that's that's <laughs> yeah. also uh, multitasking's kind of lost on me because. Uh, uh, my wife's usually in the room, so she we're either watching something or I'm playing something, and she's going to sleep. So, anyway, yeah, um, but, but but for anyone that's interested, it's there online. But like, uh, friends review is um, well, <laughs> obviously. Don't get me wrong; I, it just didn't interest me much. It was no. exactly what I it's thought, what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's and I, I I I just don't understand why that's interesting. <laughs> I've never it, understood this this story. It still amazed me that they still say it's a myth as well, despite and then saying quite distinctly in the um, show, in the in the documentary, that it wasn't a myth. <laughs> so it's a lot of backpedaling. What the fuck is this? <laughs> it's a myth, man. No, no, no. We got the corpse right here. The T-Rex is real. It's a myth, man. Whatever. <laughs> it's going to go down in history with the female orgasm as the only myth in the world. Anyway, um, but... Uh, Wow, that that joke fell That's flat. That's a lot of stories. Um, but uh, <laughs> a real quick, a real quick shout out to Tiger Claw. Mud is stands for multi user dungeon. Was originally where that came from. Um, I got two quick stories, uh, and I'll blitz through them fast. Um, so some hackers have created a uh, F zero PC engine port yeah. called Hue Zero, and uh, it uh, it basically proves that the PC engine was capable of Mode Seven graphics. Which sounds awesome. The video looks good. The quality is rock solid. But, of course, I think this guy was shooting it on one of those lovely upscalers or an emulator. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, I don't have, nor do I have any desire to purchase a flash cart for the TG-16. Because almost everything you would need is on Virtual Console or I own it already. So, not going to be pulling that trigger. But it's cool to see. It's cool to see. You want to emulate? Go right ahead. Two buttons and one start button. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, and I definitely want to talk about this is the uh, the spiritual successor to Turrican Targa, which Ooh. was in development and never came out. Um, did get a repro run. There's these really cool guys. Uh, his name is Manfred Trends. He collects, uh, or well, sorry, he was the developer. Um, uh, rendering Ranger. No, oh, fuck. What is? Hold on. There's some dude. Okay, and he collects, and they probably don't give him any credit. Okay, let me give him credit. He's on Nintendo Age, mm-hmm. and he collects prototypes, and he makes repros out of them as like a hobby. His name is Mark. His username is doo, 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 Mr. Mark 0673 <laughs> Anyway, he makes repros, creates full boxes for them, full instructions, puts them into repro cards with a label, and then sells them. And his prices are usually, I think, like 50 bucks. Eh, no, a little bit more. Um, but he only makes like 100 copies, sells them off. And then once they're all sold off, he uh, he um, 
releases the ROM for everybody to have. So that's kind of his thing. Um, and, uh, and so he just recently got his hands on this and, and released it. So he's kind of opportunistic, but at the same time, you know, he's making prototypes appear on the internet for free if you can handle that. And he's definitely selling it for plenty. So, um, or sorry, he's definitely, uh, getting plenty of buyers for his limited runs. So anyway, uh, I really love Turrican, so I would love mm. to get my hands on this. Um, and hopefully soon I will. So, um, it is just like a beta or something. Uh, I want to say that uh, Mark played through the whole game as like part of his advertising. And I want to say it's like 90 minutes, not even. So, anyway. But I forget. Does, has anybody beaten Turrican over here? Do you guys remember? One. Yeah. Do you remember how that long that game is? is hot. That is hard. Yeah. <laughs> and Target does not look a whole lot easier. I don't uh, think it's, it's not too, the game's not too long, but it's just, it's really challenging. You can nail it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, it's not like the, the powerhouse challenge that Star Fox 2 was. Clearly, <laughs> I, I beat it by accident. So, uh, that tells you a lot. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, so watch for that. I, uh, well, I don't have a flash card for my SNES either, but I'd love to get my hands on one. Uh, currently, only my Sega consoles get flashcards, so maybe they'll release it on Sega. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll break down this holiday season and, and pick up a flashcard for the SNES. That one seems like a good one to get because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of games. So, um, and it, it would go. It, it'd be it'd be great to have something other than my Star Fox Two Repro card. So anyway, all right. You want to talk about the PlayStation? <laughs> Risa, huh? Oh, brilliant! <laughs> so I was wondering when that first joke was. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least I wasn't really mean. And Risa. Well, actually, fuck! I made that joke. Now it's really bad. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's <clears throat> let's skip ahead. Is it after midnight in Europe, boys? Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. Fantastic. You know what that means? It means it's Let December third. Me. And on December third, nineteen ninety-four, exactly <laughs> according to Europe Times. 20 years ago today, the Sony PlayStation hit the streets of Tokyo, Japan, and various other parts of Japan uh, for sale. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's probably what would... I, it clearly dominated the 32-bit platform, but more importantly, I think the biggest thing PlayStation did was uh, it ushered in two things. It ushered in uh, CD or disc-based media, or cheap media versus mm-hmm. cartridges, as uh, as kind of the platform standard, and I, I think that for the most part holds true today. We've just mm. kind of ditched the need for media, but according to a new consumer report, we all want tangibles anyway instead of digital. So mm. who knows? Uh, <laughs> that's that's other people. That's not me. But uh, yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um, and uh, and it also proved that 3D was uh, the way to go. For those who are wondering, I don't mean the ones with glasses where they come out and touch you in the face. I do mean <laughs> polygonal-style games. Uh, uh, this this forced us into 3D and proved that apparently that's what everybody wanted. Um, so, um, I don't know. Do you guys – how do you want to do this? Do you want me to just go forward? Go for it. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. 
All right. Well, the origins are pretty much well known. Um, I'll, I'll glance over them, but if you want to hear the in-depth story, uh, uh, it's called Birth of a PlayStation. It's like our fourth episode. I understand if you have a hundred episode feed, we're just over that, so you'd have to go hunt for it. But if you look it up at our Podbean site or just Gaming History 101 and type in Birth of a PlayStation, it'll come right up. Uh, but uh, anyway, basically, uh, Ken Kutaragi, the uh, father of PlayStation, um, started his time at Sony uh, with some technologies, including the beloved uh, Sony, um, the Sony chip that I love so much, the, the, the audio chip that was in the uh, Super Nintendo. Um, he is responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, uh, Sony had this idea for Project PSX, which a lot of people like to claim is why they call the PlayStation 1 the PSX. I think that's bullshit. I think it was just because <laughs> there were so many like hacker software and whatnot that, uh, <laughs> that said PSX or PS Extreme or PSX Swap and stuff like that. Um, but uh, And it was supposed to be a Super Nintendo add-on. And it got down to they even built a prototype. And they brought it with them to CES 1993 or 94. I think it was 93. Only to find out the night before their presentation that Philips is announcing their own CD console that they're partnering with Nintendo. And Nintendo basically broke up with Sony by, like, having sex with Philips in front of them. (laughs) As you do in Japan. Yeah, I mean, that's the way, right? You can't be dishonorable. (laughs) So... um, but it was even worse. Like it was like they invited Sony home first. <laughs> like they called Sony and they were like, "Come on home, baby. I've got a surprise for you." And then they left the door ajar. You know, yeah. it was pretty mean. Uh, Sony tail between the legs uh, ran back and uh, created their own console, the Sony PlayStation. Now, Mr. Jam Elias had brought up a uh, article about uh, twenty uh-huh. little known facts about uh, the Sony PlayStation. And one of the things I didn't know was originally Sony ImageSoft, who definitely has lots of software on the uh, the good old Sega CD or Mega CD. I I, I love so many Sony ImageSoft yeah. properties um, <laughs> that uh, that they had originally approached Sega to create um, a form of the PlayStation with them, mm. and Sega turned them down. I guess in the interest of the 32X. Uh, I don't know exactly what they were thinking. It kind of comes full circle, though, right? Uh, They must feel stupid. (laughs) If Ken Kutaragi was the father of PlayStation, who was the mother? Um, Shigeru Miyamoto? No, anyway. um, (laughs) But uh, that was a bad joke. Anyway. Inova. Inova. (laughs) But uh, uh, maybe Yamauchi-san. (laughs) But you know what? Actually, Hiroshi, you know, with all due respect, and anybody who's heard the Hiroshi Yamauchi uh, episode I've done will know I do respect the man. But you know what? That whole fucking uh, Phillips right in front of Sony to break up with them kind of thing sounds a real Yamauchi idea. <laughs> That's something he would have done. He would have been like, you deserve this, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, Um. And so what ended up happening was the PlayStation became a full-blown competitor to Sega, uh, which was interesting. I don't know if Sega really thought that was going to happen when they turned them down in 1993, but uh, but uh, two years later, uh, they find themselves at uh, mm-hmm. at uh, um, well, one year later, I guess, at the summer 1994 of uh, E3. 
Uh, I think it was the first E3. No, you know what? I take that back. This was 95. It was the summer of 95. So the PlayStation is already out in Japan. Um, they do the infamous, uh, they present the PlayStation, and uh, I think Sega went first and announced the Saturn at 400 bucks. Res- arrived today. Sony just comes out, announces it at 300 bucks. September 9th, it was going to keep its launch date, 9995 and boom, kind of won the console generation right there. Um, the other kind of notable things was CD Media was highly scrutinized, just so people know kind of the world that the Sony PlayStation is entering into. Uh, do I need to tell you guys how the Sega CD fared in the marketplace? <laughs> <laughs> Or how about the equally popular uh, Laser Active? How about the Panasonic 3DO? What about the Philips CDI? And various other things that you guys are probably lucky to not receive in the U- United Kingdom. I don't think any of those consoles came out over yonder for you guys. Um, if they did, God bless you. Um, but uh, yeah, CD was, was not a good time. And Sega was definitely hedging its bets on 2D uh, with the, uh, the Saturn. Uh, yes, in fact, it's square polygons. Uh, mm-hmm. It's square-based polygons. Uh, would be kind of like a, a, a secondary thought once uh, once everything went to shit. And you know who was really laughing about that was Core and IDOS, whose launch game was supposed to be Tomb Raider for the Saturn. Ends up coming out day and date on the PlayStation as well, or like right afterwards. And it's much more popular on the PlayStation, and it's like a 3D game. And Sega was like, yeah, I guess we'll release it, but we're not that interested. Yeah, who's laughing now? Because, uh, I mean, am I correct? Tomb Raider is pretty much considered a Sony platform. If I told you it was a, originally a Saturn exclusive, you'd probably be surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't because I first played it on the Saturn. And I, I I'm always so sorry, sorry, man. Do you know what? I prefer the Saturn version to the Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the exasperation we have yeah. for that? Uh, I think that's, that's why we have Andy on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly a nostalgia thing, to be fair, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm just curious, like, do you just think it looks better, or do you, does it feel more familiar? The controller's definitely better on the Saturn, in my opinion. That's probably what it was, like, yeah, back, yeah. back then, because, I mean, I did have one both back then. You had but both I just consoles? Prefer this. At one stage, yes. <laughs> really? Wow. Okay, we're going to get into personal stories in a sec. I want to real yeah. quick talk about a couple of things that the Sony PlayStation pioneered. Mm-hmm. And you guys are welcome to jump in here. If you like the first thing uh, is let's talk a little bit about the Japanese launch, right? Because the Japanese launch was very different than the American launch. And it came what more than a year. No, uh, almost a year before uh, uh, the regular launch. And it really didn't have anything at that time. Uh, Jam, I think your article talked about this as well, but it was mostly mo- uh, Mahjong games. Yeah, two Mahjong games. <laughs> yeah. um, and <laughs> Ridge Racer. And Ridge Racer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was bugger all. <laughs> you know what? Ridge Racer was the shit when it came out, though. It really mm. was. Like, you had never seen anything like that. Remember, Need for Speed starts life as a 3DO platform. And Ridge Racer blows that shit away. Uh, it really does. It was arcadey, too, which was awesome about it. But uh, then again, it is Japan, so take that with the grain of salt that it's got. <laughs> but yeah, the Japanese were really smitten by Ridge Racer. And. Uh, and that definitely. <laughs> um, okay, uh, but uh, yeah, so so uh, so that came out, and it was very popular. I should also point out it was thirty seven thousand yen. Now I don't think the yen was doing anywhere near as well as it was these days, but I could be wrong. 
But just so people know, that's almost four hundred dollars. Mm. That's a pretty hefty price tag. Um, and games, I think, were selling somewhere in the vicinity of five thousand to six thousand yen, fifty sixty bucks. Uh, but just so people know, most games when they first come out are about that. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're. Uh, I mean, you know, um, I, I recently was thinking about buying the import PlayStation Three game Godzilla. Uh, which is not based off of the movie. Uh, it's actually based off of the, the 1950s character. Uh, and it's releasing at 7,200 yen in Japan, which for American prices, that's about $85. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you might think that's crazy, but... Uh, <laughs> well, thank, thank you, you all crazy. Uh, you may think me crazy, but uh, I mean, um, the, very, the very awesome um, Persona 4 Arena, mm-hmm. the fighter... That game is still, I think, over 6,000 yen in Japan. Which is, yeah. And I think it's been on sale in the U.S. store for like nine ninety nine, and hasn't even done well. <laughs> yeah, it's been on sale over here as well, really cheap. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, it was – the PlayStation started off with a very good uh, start. I think it sold 200,000 in its first day in Japan. For comparison, the Saturn would come out later that year and not move 200,000 for its whole year. Or something, or for the whole first year of sales, or something. Uh, the, and then there's similar stories of that across the board with the PlayStation. The PlayStation is widely more popular um, <clears throat> than the Saturn. And the Saturn is a force to be reckoned with. Anybody who's got Japanese games on their Saturn knows that it's a force to be reckoned with. It's it's really cool um, in Japan. Uh, now it did have a couple of interesting things. Uh, the first one, most notably, is uh, it used letters or rather shapes instead of buttons. It was A B C X Y Z L R kind of across the board for Nintendo and Sega platforms. This one actually had uh, triangle, square, um, and then X and circle. Circle being Maru or uh, select or correct, and then X being Batsu or wrong or cancel. Um, but of course, we changed it in America because X is do stuff and O is backwards. Uh, I don't know if that's actually true. I think it's just because uh, Americans are kind of trained in where their buttons are, right? Like yeah. if you if you move one button on us, it really fucks us up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we can't adjust to it. And if you need any more proof of that, watch me uh, dance around with the uh, with the copy of Biohazard that has the Japanese swap out where uh, where. Circle is to select things, but then X is to confirm them. It's like this weird hybrid between Japan and America, and I have a lot of issues with it. <laughs> but uh, um, another thing is this is one of the first games, as I've talked about, that had copyright protection on the disc. Now, um, Saturn did as, as well, um, but the, the PlayStation did it in kind of an interesting way in that uh, – um, Oh, yeah, Tiger Claw, that is the one I'm talking about. Um, in that it had a bad boot sector. It's actually something taken from old PC games of the era that would, uh, that w- would have ways to authenticate whether or not, you know, cause the disc could easily be copied because PC people had that opportunity and hard drives and stuff. Um, they had bad boot sectors that couldn't really be replicated by CD burners. And uh, that's exactly what the PlayStation did. And so to this day, if you want to play pirated or homebrew software or backups on your PlayStation 1, the only way you can do that is to circumvent it, either by a mod chip that bypasses the copyright protection or something that authenticates the copyright protection with one disc and then, stop me if you heard this, guys, swaps it out to another disc, which I think most (laughs) European gamers 
are acutely aware in the Saturn PlayStation era of the uh, hot swap. Are any of you good enough to uh, know how to watch it for spin one, reboot sector two, pull the game out and swap it real quick before it starts spinning the third time and, and starts reading it? Anybody do no. that? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I, I, I never did it. I did see a lot of people do it. Like Most of my friends said there's uh, chipped, but I, nev- I never ever did it. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> there were easy ways to do it, especially with the earlier games, but at the same time, you still had to swap it. Nowadays, there's like PS Exchange and stuff like that, which is just a full-blown disc that has yep. the code on it. And so it just authenticates, and then it just says, uh, okay, the disc has stopped moving. You can open the lid. You can pull it out and uh, just press X when you got the new game in there. <laughs> but that's because PlayStation or Sony probably doesn't care much at this point. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that was pretty interesting about the Japanese launch. Uh, very different than the American launch. Um, in America, it just hits. Uh, we've got a little bit more software. We've got uh, a little game you guys may have liked called Battle Arena Toshinden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you happen to play the original Virtua Fighter on your Saturn, and I do mean the original Virtua Fighter, not Remix, you might have liked Battle Arena Toshinden a lot more. Um, Virtua Fighter, the original on Saturn, was pretty shit. Uh, the Remix, which I think they allowed you to send back, your Virtua Fighter and get remix for free. Uh, fixed it. It was the closest thing to a patch that you would see on the console. Um, but uh, there was interesting stuff like that. Um, the other thing I should point out is that the original PlayStation 1 uh, had AV outs instead of like the traditional Sony AV cord. So it had the red, white, and yellow com- uh, composite out. Sorry, I almost said composite. I apologize, guys. Um, I thought I was in Europe for a second. Um, <laughs> And uh, and that was cool because you could hook the white and red stereo out to a receiver, and uh, according to Jam's article, but this he's not the fir- that's not the first place I've read it. Apparently, the Sony PlayStation was like the best CD player of the mid '90s. Mm. So um, that's a popular console version to have. I actually have that version, um, but the laser lens doesn't work anymore. <laughs> 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 so I have the second model. Uh, I think the first version was the 1001, and then the new model was the 5001, which still had the parallel port. Now, do you guys remember the parallel port? It was off on the right side if you were facing the console proper. It was on the back. It could pop off a little door, and it had an inner uh, in in out uh, input output uh, parallel port. You guys remember this? Mm-hmm. Was that the no, thing where you could hook up, hook up two two PlayStations uh, together, sort of thing? Uh, there, no, that was actually a different uh, port, which did exist continually. That was what was it called? It was called like the PlayStation Connection or something. It was it was so you and your buddy could play against each other in Quake <laughs> One and have just yeah. the worst <laughs> night of your life. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I don't think there's barely any games that you could do that with as well. Yeah, yeah. No, Doom Doom supports it. There's oh yeah, a fucking of course. Ad when you boot up Doom that tells you that it supports it. And I was like, <laughs> supports the what? What? Oh, that's the uh, maybe it's called the PS Link cable or something. Yeah, but, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, no, this was a different port. Uh, Jam, I, I couldn't tell if you were about to uh, to mention w- what it's best known for. Uh, it was it was used in a very specific way uh, before it was later removed. Uh, no? it was nope. I wasn't. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, it was uh, it was used for Game Sharks, and mm-hmm. the only true uh, mod chip that didn't require any altering of the console. Uh, what it would do is it would circumvent 
the the firmware from booting at at start. Mm-hmm. And uh, the both the Game Shark in order for the Game Shark to work because the Game Shark had to find a way to circumvent the copy protection because uh, it had to load the game with the cheats on there and in order to do so it had to make sure there was an authenticated game like it kind of froze the boot process of the PlayStation because if you'll remember when you boot up the PlayStation you get the big bassy white screen that does the weird PS. And that just means you're booting the PlayStation, right? But if you had a PlayStation game in there, you'll see the familiar logo with the higher, you know, it's the black with the PlayStation logo, and it's got the higher, uh, the you know, as it's loading up the game, and it's still in, like, you know, PS1 virtual, or PSN games and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and it had to find a way to circumvent that. So it got it booted all the way up to where it had a proper game, and then it would interrupt that to add in the cheat codes to the game you were playing. And so um, modders found ways to take that code from the Game Shark and do actual mod chips with it, which would let you... Now, both the Game Shark and... It was like an unknown you know, process, and this mod chip would allow you to play cop backups and imports and stuff like that, but it also allowed you to do all kinds of crazy stuff like... Um, do audio plays. It would play MP3s because it would run the MP3 files through a RAM in the uh, parallel port mod chip, and then it would just export it through the audio. So it did all kinds of cool, crazy stuff, which is why Sony promptly removed that in the third iteration, the uh, <laughs> 9001, which was the most popular and the longest-running model. I think it came out two years after release. So, um, Real quick, just in case people care, it's a 32-bit processor. Runs at 33.9 megahertz. For those paying attention, that is 10 times the speed of the Super Nintendo. Uh, it does use 2 megabyte, megabytes of uh, main RAM and 1 megabyte of video RAM. Imagine that, a megabyte of video RAM. I'm currently running 4 <laughs> gigabytes of DDR5 RAM on my PC. <laughs> um, it ran multiple engines, including the 3D geometry engine. It had 2D rotation and scaling, much like Mode 7. It did allow for transparencies and fading, and of course, 3D texture mapping and shading. Uh, that's a really good thing. Um, in comparison to the thousands of colors you could get on the Genesis and the, I think, tens of thousands of colors on the SNES, you get 16.7 million colors. 40,000 sprites on the screen at once, and it could stream up to 180,000 polygons per second. Uh, if they were textured, 360,000 per second flat shaded, which is where you get some of your more impressive side scrollers that are 2D. It did export at 224p, or 256 by 224 <laughs> progressive, if you've got an RGB out. For the rest of us, for most of us who used composite or SCART, you had 640 by 480i. And uh, with the lovely scan lines, um, 16 bit, 24 channel PCM, otherwise known as compressed audio, compressed stereo, as I, uh, as I talk about, uh, in an article I wrote, that's like an encyclopedia today on gaming history 101, <laughs> check it out. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so that's the PlayStation, um, the other big deal it did was it, uh, because there was really no other way to do it other than giving it storage on the on the console and they didn't want to do that was, do you guys remember having to um, conform to uh, saves, uh, save memory cards, mm-hmm. yep. 15 blocks of memory cards, eight <laughs> KB of storage, twenty nine ninety nine. get it on store shelves today. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it just me or did you think that was bullshit when you first had to do it? 
Oh yeah, no, I thought that was shit. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Andy? Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I was quite happy when they brought out the sort of third-party ones later on where you could have much larger... Four blocks like, in one. Yeah. And you just press the button to page down. Yeah. Yep. And then they'd get they'd get frozen and then uh, delete everything. Yeah, it was fucking <laughs> <Yep>. amazing. <laughs> uh, did you know that to this day, I've got the PlayStation Reader for the PlayStation 3 that is PS... It reads PS2 and PS1 cards. And even though my PS3 is the brand new one, the brand new Slim that does not support PS2, I can still copy and back up my saves onto that console and even upload them to the cloud. <laughs> Better living through technology, friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember when I recently played Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 and beat them? That save game is safe and sound. <laughs> so is my Michigan save game, I should also add. It does oh, not wow. care about regions on the save either. <laughs> That's um, what you want to hold on to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I do remember coming home with Resident Evil and not having a, <laughs> a memory card. And it's so funny because like back then, like this, this was just the dick shit they would do. It just said, I can't save. You have no memory card. And it would freeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i, I didn't yeah. think you needed a memory card anyway <laughs> it does tell you on the back of most of the game boxes that you need one you shut your mouth <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there was at least 400 salespeople who told me as well uh but it was a matter of principle and money more money than principle i can assure you <laughs> so anyway all right so playstation was cool um i guess the last thing dual shock controller was introduced which was dual analogs although it wasn't properly utilized until mm. uh clearly until the Xbox, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. But uh, anyway, um, so let's kick it off. Anything you guys want to say about the hardware itself before we move into our personal stories? Well, real quick, uh, Spock Kestrel also said you can also use the Game Shark to easily do the swap trick as well. Oh yes, sorry, yeah. I, I kind of intended to to kind of say that. But what you would do with the Game Shark and or these mod chips is you would put a legitimate game. Although here was the catch. It checked boot sectors and stuff. So there's like a, a list of games that take up the whole disc, obviously most notably being Metal Gear Solid 1, like <laughs> disc 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you put that on there, it had to have at least the same amount of blocks. So if you took like a big game like Metal Gear Solid, or I don't know, just a big game that fills up the whole disc. Let's say Tomb Raider did it, and you put in some dinky game you had, you know, in your collection, like the Namco collection that's like four megabytes, mm-hmm. and you put it in there, it, it wouldn't work. But uh, if you put a big game in there and you matched it up, and of course there's tons of forums about this, um, yeah, you, you would boot up the Game Shark with that disc in there because it wouldn't boot up unless there was a game in there. And then it would spin, but eventually, if you pick, like, CD player or various other things, it would stop the thing from spinning, and that was when you acted. That was when you backed out of the CD player, you flopped the disc, and then you and then you said go. Um, and that was how you would do it. <laughs> but uh, The other thing is it's really difficult to properly burn PS1. You have to burn at a really slow speed and use really high-quality discs. Since it doesn't matter that much anymore, uh, I'll let you people know that verbatim is probably your best bet. Run verbatim and burn as slow as you can, two times or four times if you can, and that's probably your best bet. But more than likely, likely if your game doesn't work with like GameShark or various other swap tricks, it's probably the disc and the way you burned it and not uh, the actual ISO you're using or the hardware ways you're using to, to load it. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> so, um, 
All right, well, I'm going to shut up for a second because I've been talking <laughs> too long. But uh, why don't you guys uh, kick in with uh, your, your stories of getting your hands on the PlayStation? How'd you get it? What was it like? What was your first memory? Do you want to start off on it, Andy? Yeah, um, I bought. I didn't get mine until 97, 98. So it was quite a few years in because I'd been quite happy just to sit and play my Saturn <laughs> in, the, in the dark, <laughs> like you said. Why did you import? <laughs> yeah, did you import? Uh, what, the, the PlayStation? No, did you import any of your Saturn games? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, no. so you really were okay with just the European release of Saturn games? <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not... I'm not I want to believe anything else you have to say on this show now, but uh, continue. No, I'm just kidding. I was I was easy pleased back then. <laughs> yes, you back were. Then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. But yeah, so I, I picked mine up ninety seven, ninety eight, um, and a bundle with uh, Cool Borders two. Oh, so yeah. that's how that's how I know when it that's when I know when, how I know when it was because that's around when that game came out. And like <laughs> like you, I got home and I played it. And then when I switched it off, booted yeah. it back up again the next day, and then my all well, my progress was gone. <laughs> and I was, oh, <laughs> so they tricked me with their memory cards. Like I I, I didn't realize I needed a memory card first up. And also I don't really like snowboarding games, so I, I'm not really sure why I got that. <laughs> why the fuck did you pick that one, man? <laughs> I, I do remember that it, it cost uh, 134.99. Nice. And it was. Uh, it was like just cool borders, a controller, the the original controller, and uh, the PlayStation, and it was in a yellow box, I believe. Mm-hmm. Nice, cool. So um, that, that that was me getting it. <laughs> did you end up getting any other games? Uh, like right around that same time? Like I, I can't honestly remember really getting any other games up until getting Tekken and like Final Fantasy and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Well, uh, so, so you had cool borders. To be fair, um, <laughs> Pacific Sunwear was game. <laughs> huge back then. Um, no, cool borders in and of itself was pretty good, uh, to be honest with you. But if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. I mean, there was no way to get around that. Um, but uh, I remember being real into extreme sports around that time. I think ESPN Extreme Games is also on there. And I'm not talking about that shit show that's called Too Extreme. I'm talking about ESPN Extreme Games. <laughs> Uh, there is a difference, <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, Mr. Jam, how about you? Well, you? I did pick up uh, the PlayStation. Well, it was more of a joint venture between me and my two older brothers. We we all kind of collaborated to get the three hundred British pounds that we needed <laughs> to get that console. Which is totally wow, that shit. launched at yeah. three hundred yeah. British pounds. It was expensive. Yeah. That's like I'm... four grand in America. <laughs> What the hell? What are you buying a Brazilian PS4 over there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Anyway, continue. And, um, we, the best part as well is because um, obviously us being, we are obviously quite used to the Mega Drive by this point, and the, you know saves are on the carts and all that sort of crap. And we thought, ah, oh, we've got a good deal here. We've got because it. The, this is back when the, it didn't come with any games. You got that crappy. I don't know if you got this, Andy, but the crappy demo disc. Which was it called like PS Cuts or something? It was like it was like PlayStation Now. I think it might be called that actually. (laughs) Yeah, now that you say that, um, it did have. Didn't it have Polygon Man? It had like tech demos on it. The the most infamous one was the T Rex. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. 
and it had that sort of jarring music and you can like open his mouth and stuff yep. i think we literally spent half an hour just fucking around with that dude that t-rex was, was awesome at, at the it was time great. it really was and we're thinking oh my god this is the future yeah it's that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> it just shows how simple our minds were as well back then just figured with that that literally blew our minds and we were satisfied by this demo disc and i think it had battle arena toshi then on on the disc as well you it could only did. play as two fighters the the male guy of the sword and some like female character who made the most annoying sort of screeching noise like no the hair screaming uh-huh. <laughs> No, but uh, no, you're right. And uh, yeah, Battle, uh, Battle Arena Toshinden was so good. Yeah, so I love that game. <laughs> I can't justify it now, but it was so no. good back then. <laughs> and anybody who tells you otherwise is fucking lying to you. Like back then, you would brag about that game. But mm. uh, anyway. Eventually, um, we did get two games fairly close to launch. Um, the first one was uh, Destruction Derby, or Derby, depending on what your preference is <laughs> of saying it. <laughs> no, I don't mean the uh, Derby thing, but I mean, yeah. Oh, I remember Destruction Derby. <laughs> the, the only mode we played on that, we never played the racing mode because we were too shit at it. Because if you get bashed around too much in that, you just fail the race flat out. We just played that bowl arena bit. Oh, which, that was the best, yeah. <laughs> which is the best part of that game. Yeah. I didn't know there was another mode in that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically I, just a survival mode. Well, yep, you know, when I see uh, racing and demolition derby, like I kind of start to have an aneurysm because it doesn't compute in my brain. So that's probably what happened. I'm just like, mm. no, you can't race in a demolition derby. But, uh... <laughs> and the second game we got was loaded. You, you got loaded? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you and your brothers got loaded at the PlayStation yeah. launch? Sounds yeah. a lot like my PlayStation 3 launch. <laughs> uh, you know, the, I got to give loaded credit because we, we dug it. Yeah. that box art. Here, let me pull up that box art. That's great. Uh, sells it. It really does. Like, there is no 15-year-old kid in the world who saw the box art to Loaded and didn't go, mine. <laughs> <laughs> am I correct or am I correct? Here we go. I'll put it in the chat. In the chat. Uh, just in case you've seen it. Uh, or you haven't seen it. Uh, and this reminds me of something. Did you guys get long boxes in PAL? Uh, no. No, we had um, double kind of double disc boxes. Oh, I've seen those. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's ones that you, that would hold up to four CDs. Like Final Fantasy came in these sort of things. Yeah. Um, they were and thicker, I, weren't they? Yeah. Our, our general, our standard boxes were thicker than okay. all the because you, your your standard were just in the original sort of like CD jewel case, and we had like it was almost like a Dreamcast case, but without the yep. kind of blue. But our Dreamcast yeah. cases were different from yours as well. So. <laughs> Man, you'd think we grew up in different uh, areas. It's really, <laughs> yeah. no, uh, but uh, but they're really easy to break. Um, they're really fragile, but I much prefer them to the american ones oh, yeah. long boxes are extremely easy to break actually <laughs> <laughs> just in case people were wondering uh pick up a saturn game anytime and see how long that case lasts yeah but uh <laughs> well cool um now did you guys each have your this is what i definitely have to know did you guys each have your own like memory card that you put your name on you kept in your room yep. probably wrote your name and fucking white out on it or something <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah yep motherfucker don't touch my shit i saw you trying to copy my save game no you don't you didn't get that far in loaded because wasn't loaded a top-down twin stick shooter yep. memory serve me is yes yeah, top down it was, it was co-op you could play with two people which is hey, fantastic awesome. it's smash tv yeah 
Um, it, it, it doesn't hold up today at all, but again, it's, it's a total <laughs> oh, nostalgia. Oh, I beg to differ, sir. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say it's good per se. Um, best okay. sequel title ever. I have to agree. <laughs> what is it, Jim? Reloaded. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I do believe Reloaded is available on the PSN, at yeah. least in America. So, is Loaded on there? No, it's not. It's just the just Reloaded. Oh, don't know why. To, but... I might have to go get Reloaded tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then buy Reloaded. Uh, no, but... Uh... And he's got to buy off the Vita after the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... Uh... It's oh, I bet Reloaded looks so fucking good on the Vita. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that, that was a fun game at the time. Uh, well, mine was a little different. I uh, I was very happy with my Sega CD. See, I was foolish even back then. And uh, the the PlayStation came out, and uh, I had gotten my Sega CD from a buddy through a bunch of card game trades because I used to play. I was such a dick to this guy, and I didn't even mean to be a dick, but I was. He was pretty well off, so he got whatever he wanted to. And we played Magic, and he wanted all my Magic cards. We, we played all the time. And he wanted all my good Magic cards because I had gotten in at the, at the bottom level. And I was like, all right, I'll give you all my Magic cards for your Sega CD and all your games. And he was like, fine. You know he didn't think about? When you give the only guy, other guy you play Magic with, all when you get all his Magic cards and give him your video game system... That guy can play the video game system, and you can't fucking play Magic because there's no way to play Magic the Gathering solo. Um, so then he was kind of upset. And then like a dick, I moved on to a different card game. I moved on to the Star Wars card game. So now he wanted his Sega CD back for those slow nights, and he also wanted into the Star Wars card game. Well, I had gotten in again at the ground level, and he hadn't gotten in yet. And I had all the main characters and stuff like twice over. So <clears throat> he wasn't going to make the same mistake twice. He wanted all my. He wanted all my. Uh, um, Sparky Kestrel is bringing up a good point. Loaded came out before the Dual Shock. It wasn't it was Twin Stick. I take it back. It was top yeah. down where you moved with the D pad and or later the left analog, and then I think you just shot in whatever direction you were looking. Yeah, you just shot away my drift. It, it kind of is. It's not really. A, it's not again. It's definitely not a Twin Stick shooter, but it's still a top shooter in yeah. similar vein to kind of smash tv it's just with shittier controls it's a kari <laughs> warriors is what it really yeah. is um, but uh anyway so so he thought he was smart he was like i want the sega cd and all the games and i'm like okay oh he had gotten a playstation i think is what it was no no let me take that back <laughs> no he he had not gotten a playstation he wanted a PlayStation, or he wanted the Sega CD back, and he had money, is what it was. And he didn't want to buy packs, because all these card games had packs. And so it was easier to get all the main characters from me than to buy a bunch of packs to pull them all. And he didn't want to play against me in Star Wars, because if you had the main characters, it kind of gave you an advantage. Um, because, I mean, who the fuck wants to be a Stormtrooper when you can be Darth Vader? Um, but, uh, so what happened was, he said, I will give you $300 or I think it was 250 for the Sega CD, all the games and a set of, we called the mains or main characters from, uh, from the card game. And I said, sure. And see, he was happy because we could still play star Wars and he had a console back. So I took that 250, added some of my own money and went and immediately bought the PlayStation because, and I've told this before I went to fun colon and I was trading in some Genesis games or something uh, for some 32X games. God, I was so stupid. <laughs> I still have that copy of Knuckles Chaotix. Fucking A. Um, 
and uh, and I saw the Resident Evil uh, trailer, and then they showed some gameplay, and he goes, "Yeah, you just navigate this haunted house." I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I went from like thinking Battle Arena Toshinden was that cool thing to play at the comic shop to needing it, you know, to <laughs> needing Resident Evil. So I went in there. I bought Resident Evil. I'd like to point out it was uh, 1995. It was 1995, mm-hmm. late fall. Uh, the system was no, maybe it was early maybe was summer '96 actually, because yeah. because Resident Evil was out. But either way, it was sometime in the late summer, early fall. It was right around school season starting, and uh, I'd like to point out that as an underage kid who was able to drive, though I was able to no, I wasn't driving, so maybe my mom was there. Anyway, <laughs> fuck. My memory is all over the place. Uh, but anyway, the point being is, yeah, I was able to purchase that underage. I was able to purchase Resident Evil. And I didn't buy a memory card, and later on I went back. I had to save up three allowances to get the memory card. That was fucking shit. <laughs> and then I got a job. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, and I just remember playing Resident Evil over and over and over again forever. And that um, hasn't changed today. Yeah, actually, (laughs) you mention it, Um, but there wasn't really anything I was interested in beyond that. And a lot of the rental places hadn't picked up a PlayStation because not a lot of people had the hardware yet. Like PlayStation was kind of a slow burn in my area. Um, And so uh, I ended up getting a Nintendo 64 for holiday 96 um, for Christmas and uh, Mario 64. But I think we'll all agree here. Mario 64 pretty much kept you occupied for that next six months. Yeah. <laughs> as you try to get all the stars. But, uh, Which is a good thing, too, because there's no other games to the system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then a little game came out in 1997 that definitely mm-hmm. helped me. Uh, you know, once, once summer 97 started, it helped me get through. Can you guys think of what game that might have been? Final Fantasy. Yes, it was. <laughs> I thought Andy was going to be the one that's going to be discussing this. Oh, we will. We, he will. Because I have nothing I have nothing negative to say about it, but this is not the end all be all of human existence. Although it was at the time. It was at the yeah. time. It was really rock solid, and I had never liked a Final Fantasy beforehand. should also point out, Final Fantasy is dirt easy, so that made it much more interesting to me. I never hit the wall that you usually mm-hmm. hit with those, uh, with even the first game. So... You guys want to talk about Final Fantasy? You guys want to gush on this bullshit again? I don't know. I think I think we pretty much covered it in the Final Fantasy episode. Okay, go watch the Final Fantasy episode yeah. to hear the <laughs> lifelong misinformation of that bullshit. But um, best the, game ever. The one thing I've got to say about Final Fantasy VII, though, was this was a huge deal because if you'll remember, the Ultra sixty four later Nintendo sixty four showed off a demo of Final Fantasy three slash six. Um, in 3D renders, and it was widely regarded that the N64 would be the release of Final Fantasy. And then when they didn't go discs, Square already pissed off, said fuck you, and released Final Fantasy VII in America on CD because it was one point what three gigs or something on yep. three CDs yeah. in uh, on the PlayStation. And then right after that, Dragon Quest six, five, five, no, six. Six? Echo? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as I debate with myself. Dragon Quest VI, I believe it was, came out from Enix Mm -hmm. um, on the PlayStation, and that kind of started the whole RPG, uh, JRPG, you know, kind of 
craze on the PlayStation. Um, so I, I definitely think Final Fantasy VII was significant both in and of itself, and then um, and then as, as as just kind of a, a catalyst for things. So anyway. All right, guys, I'll, I'll leave the stage to you. My interests in PlayStation are well documented on this show, so I'd love to give the floor to you guys and, and kind of talk about uh, some of the most beloved games you guys had because it was the SNES 2, wasn't it? I mean, it really was the SNES 2. Everything came out on the PlayStation 1. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and not just everything, but like you mentioned with Final Fantasy, this this was the system for the time that had pretty much a game for everybody really um no matter what your game taste you had sports you had fun i know it seems silly me saying this stuff because it's quite a common thing with modern modern consoles these days to have a genre for everybody but back then you know n64 really kind of lacked rpgs and kind of lacks um certain what? Quite a lot of genres really. quest 64 <laughs> you fucking blasphemer oh how do i forget that <laughs> um. And um, and the Saturn was well. Let's just say it was the Saturn. <laughs> Utter <laughs> shit in America. Um, <laughs> God damn. So while you're playing Clockwork Night over there, Andy. Um, <laughs> now I gotta say the Resident Evil port actually is is quite decent on Saturn as well. Um, it's the only Saturn game I own. <laughs> Me too. No, uh, actually, I have a lot of Japanese fighting games on the Saturn, and I have Dark Seed, which I can't understand. Uh, but uh, um, no, it really did have a little bit for everything. It should also be noted that the Saturn was kind of dead in the water in America by the time. Like, I really thought the PlayStation picked up in my area, like in the suburbs of America, not just the cities. Uh, probably around ninety-seven, and at that point. Yeah, Nintendo was already kind of slowing down on its releases for N64. There wasn't great things on, on on the horizon. The games were super expensive because of the cartridges. And uh, the Saturn didn't really have much library to speak of. And PlayStation games were cheap. They had budget titles that came out at like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Most of their games were 40 or 50 Like, Saturn or PlayStation games were cheap. Like, and good. You picked well, up not all of them. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Like Steel Harbinger <laughs> and C seventy nine. Like you just picked these gems up. You had no idea where they came from. <laughs> but there was a lot. With, uh, with a lot of games comes a lot of shit. But... <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> Who did not love Vampire Hunter D? Huh? And I don't know if I'm kidding or not. Uh, but um, gotta go back and replay it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, what were, what were, what were some of the big ones for you guys? Andy, um, Alien Trilogy. Oh, Ooh, that's good. yeah, yeah. Let's talk I'm about honest. Alien Trilogy for a second. <laughs> I recently, give that away, gave that away to a listener. I found a copy <laughs> for ninety nine cents. Uh, gave that away because I already have it on on uh, on PlayStation. Um. Is that game particularly long? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, kind of is actually really because there's like it's kind because of, it's, it's got day it's of like twenty hour first person shooters. <laughs> Fun. It was the it was the time of twenty hour first person shooters. Well, yeah, well, it was about twenty hours actually. It, it was yeah, it was a long. The it's kind of like it's it, because obviously it implies trilogy is split into kind of like three sections. I think it's like oh, 10 it's levels. over all three movies. 
<laughs> kind of. <laughs> it really doesn't feel like it is, though, when you play You're not it. just Ripley, <laughs> though? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I've seen this before. <laughs> no, um, it, it, does that hold up? I, I really like, I, I revisited it recently, and I think it's still pretty good. The The music oh. for the game's really good. Like, the atmosphere huh. is, is in this game. Um, it's It's... The only problem with it is the controls. The controls are obviously you're you're playing it on the um, obviously you go you know from going from dual analog sticks to going back to a PlayStation One control without <laughs> dual shock support yeah. is pretty tricky. Did but you it's, strafe with like R two L two and shit. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You're turning with the directional pad. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you, was it was it really slow frame rate? So you're just kind of like yeah. moving like Jill in t- in fucking Resident Evil. Absolutely in yes. first person. Oh, I have to play this. <laughs> Uh, is it hard? No, not really. Not really. Well, is there know, a I, found code? It, I found it hard. I, I found it hard for the day, but if you go back and revisit it now, Andy, it's not okay. as hard as you think. Probably because you're a lot. because we're a lot more intelligent now. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you gentlemen familiar with TotalGames.net? Uh, yep. You are okay because issue seven at three pound ninety nine, but in America it cost us nineteen dollars and twenty five cents. <laughs> I have a cheat code uh, thing here. You guys sold lots of cheat magazines over in uh, cheat mm-hmm. magazines is what I said, not cheap. Yeah. Uh, over in uh, the UK, is this the I have acid for blood cheat? How did you know? <laughs> I know that. Can I ask about this? <laughs> yeah? yeah. Does it injure them? Does it injure them when you have acid for blood? Uh, no, I thought I thought that was just the cheat that just kind of like unlocked everything. But oh, is that what it does? Yeah, I could be wrong. But I, that's why I I remember I remember actually using that totally to cheat the game. But there's a lot of cheats here. There's <laughs> so that's how you cheat. Oh, that's is that, I think it's the god mode. Basically, it's not really. It doesn't right. kill them when they injure you. It's just oh, okay. you can't. There are a bunch of uh, there's loads of cheats for it. Level selects. I, I will have you know, Alien has. 12 levels aliens ironically has 10 levels and Mm -hmm. alien 3 has 13 levels Mm -hmm. uh and uh no i got pink in the boot sun (laughs) i've got pink acid boots or something oh yeah i got pink acid boots sun is 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 everything unlocks yeah right I love UK magazines, um, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've never played it, but I'm wondering. Um, it's, oh, I reckon it's worth going back to. It, it's almost like a, it's kind of like a precursor of uh, Alien Isolation. That's what it reminds rendered me uh, of uh, Alien Isolation. It's more kind of. I'd say it's more. I know it's more shooting and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, would you say it's a precursor to Colonial Marines? <laughs> are there any aliens? Hold on now. <laughs> are there any aliens doing the dinosaur in the ductwork? Because if that happens, I'm playing through this whole game. <laughs> Why do you have dog aliens in this, Fred? What? Oh, Alien Three. That's right. Uh-huh. Are there They're cool cutscenes and shit? Yeah, the cutscenes are great in this. There is really. Yeah, they're not live action though, are they? <laughs> no, they're really, oh, really man, like dream. Yeah, primitive CG. <laughs> you know what? I just thought about that. Uh, you guys in Europe actually got this on the PSN right away, and I was really jealous until I played them. Um, Command and Conquer and Command and Conquer mm-hmm. Red Alert and Tiberian yeah. Sun mm-hmm. came out on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And boy, your yeah. RTS is bad on PlayStation <laughs> <Yeah>. consoles <laughs> in general. <laughs> 
Woo, that was bad. That was like terrible. Back in the day, though, people swore by Red Alert on PlayStation 1. Oh, people by swore everybody. by StarCraft on N64, too. I have no <laughs> idea why. <laughs> StarCraft was like the one thing N64 got that PlayStation didn't. And you know what Blizzard did to make up for it? They gave mm-hmm. us a pretty damn fantastic PlayStation 1 port of Diablo. If you're going to play Diablo with a controller... The PlayStation 1 version, you could do a lot worse. Mm. Have you guys ever played that version? I've got it. Yeah, I've got Diablo 2, I think. Not the first one. Mm, Diablo 1 was on the PlayStation. Or maybe that's the one I have. Yeah. I've already always the second one. But yeah, no, but I've got, I've got a Diablo on the PlayStation. I thought it was pretty good. For the, no, for it's, it's, it is a absolutely fantastic version of that. Um, mm. It's exactly... In fact, I almost think they copied the controls over for Diablo 3. Mm. Um, <laughs> from the future yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah no 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 on diablo 3 they copied those controls yeah. over and just modified them because i'm telling you it's it's good it's good diablo is a fucking addictive game and do you guys remember it took up a whole memory card oh shit yeah you have to have <laughs> so, your diablo memory card because it's, eight mega, it's 8kb right off the bat the, the only game that i played like that was a uh, premier manager 98 yeah. My brother had that. Memory it was a memory pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and if you wanted, I'm sure if you wanted to play a two-player game, you had to have two memory cards. You did. <laughs> yep. Save it. That's why they had two slots, man. Jesus. It's ridiculous. Sixty dollars for two memory cards back at retail at launch, <laughs> and then even then, like they dropped down to twenty bucks, but that's still, it's still a full game for a memory card. Um. <laughs> That just had one game on it. Jesus Christ. Diablo was a $50 game, and then you needed a $20 memory card. It's a $70 game. I guess there was a premium on those games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember Diablo. Um, did you? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I can keep naming stuff if you guys want me yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, as I blank out. Um. <laughs> well, while, while, you're, while you're doing that, though, I, I'll say, um, well, we mentioned this already earlier, but Quake 2, I thought, was pretty good. PlayStation 1 as a port. Lots of PC ports. Quake 2. Mm. Um, did Quake 1 get ported? Maybe. No, not the first no. one. Quake 2 was the only... It, you're thinking of the N64, which was shit, that version. <laughs> but the, um, oh, wow. The, I'm glad you told me, because I needed to know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stay tuned in the obvious. <laughs> Quake 64, it, they made it its own. Um, but yeah, there were some good PC ports. Uh, you know what? Can I... I gotta take this moment. Uh, mm-hmm. The PlayStation definitely had plenty of fighting games. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But they were not the versions you wanted. Um, I'm gonna go on record here. <laughs> this is say, not the fighting game you're looking for. Yeah, although Mortal Kombat Trilogy is so batshit insane. Oh, that that, I that's deal great. With, <laughs> uh, I definitely deal with Mortal Kombat Trilogy is something that should never exist, but does. Uh, Just never play a Shang Tsung. Yeah, well, actually, that was how I grief people. Uh, you play as Shang Tsung and you just morph every second. Yeah. Uh, the Loading. Game, yes, because the game you could do, remember when you picked him, you could do long load was one option, or you could pick any five fighters to preload. Yeah. And then there would be no load times. Andy, did you ever play this? No, I never played that one, nope. Oh. Do you like the Mortal Kombat trilogy, though? The first three? Um, I played, uh, Say what was yes. the one? Mega Drive. <laughs> Mega okay. Drive, yeah, and, and Snares. I played those ones. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, the first all, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, this was basically Ultimate Mortal Kombat three, so like oh. that. But they merged all the characters together, 
And then mm-hmm. in the random events where like the character there, I don't think there were any characters that were in one, two, and three. I'm pretty sure there weren't. Other than like the special characters, like classic Sub Zero and stuff. But like Raiden was only in one and two, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I think yeah. the only, the only <laughs> Jax, consistent. Jax was in two and three. Kung mm. Lao was in two and three. Yeah, like everybody was, and Kano well, was can. in one and three. Sonia was in one and three. Yeah, like they, there was never an instance where there were two characters in all three games, or where there was one character in all three games, except for Liu Kang. Yeah, <laughs> Liu Kang was in all three, and I, I don't remember how they handled him. Well, he, I think his Mortal head, Kombat right? one version is not in it. But anyway, oh no, no, that version's not in it. No, no, he's the only it. exception. But no, no, for any of the ones where there were multiple versions, like. Oh, they had yeah. a PS1 Kano and a PS... Or, uh, sorry, a Mortal Kombat 1 Kano and a Mortal Kombat 3 Kano. Yeah, Tiger Claw's got it. Fuck, dude, if it was online, I'd play against you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah, but uh, you would press select on those characters and it would show you their alternative version and all the bosses were in there. It was like yeah, that's 40 great. or 50 characters selectable on the screen. And you could just fight anyone against anyone and do anything, and it broke the game. Like, it yep. gave Mortal Kombat 1 Kano a run move. <laughs> it gave uh, everyone fatality. Was- it, <laughs> oh, it was so funny. They, they wasted, like, all they did was, like, freeze the walk animation for Kano yeah. in place and had him run across the screen. It was so broken and terrible, and it was so amazing. It was a pretty, it was fantastic. I've got, I've there, got that. Version. Yeah, you have to have, and the, N64 version shit in comparison. They they had to cut the roster down and make a bunch of uh, exceptions. No, oh, that, that broken... They also had that a chameleon. Was it the chameleon secret character, which was all the ninjas in different colors? Yes, they had chameleon, which uh, yeah, basically it took all the different ones: rain, smoke, ermac, uh, sub zero reptile. reptile, scorpion, all of them, and just he just became different characters. Smoke, <laughs> classic smoke. <laughs> You know, they had Before peanut butter and riding. jelly in there too. The fucking everybody's <laughs> in that game. Uh, but it was, it was, it was really, truly spectacular. If, if you spend your money on nothing else <laughs> and you like fighters, Mortal Kombat uh, trilogy is fantastic. So. I think I might have another spare copy around. I'm probably hang around here. Andy wants it. Oh, you put down a PS1 though, do you? <laughs> oh man, but if you give it away, man. Oh, well, he, of course he's got a PS1. Uh, PS3 will play PS1 discs. Well, that's the older one, isn't it? The mm-mm, mm-mm. any PS3 will play any PS1 yeah. game. Yep, sweet. Yeah, there's your little tip, guys. <laughs> Just the <laughs> tip. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, because my Slim plays PS1 discs. Uh, how, how do you think I captured Dino Crisis? Yeah. Um, but uh, um, another game I got to mention is: Did you ever play Ogre Battle? No. Really? Have you ever played Ogre Battle? This is, uh, you've got like a, is this Ogre Tactics that's also released on PSP? Well, that was the tactical one. Ogre Battle is a little bit more, uh, sorry, it's called the Queen Dance of the Witch Queen or something. That sounds uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there was Ogre ta- Tactics Ogre, yeah. sorry. And those were on the previous Nintendo consoles. Ogre hmm. Battle was available for a short period of time and is relatively rare on the SNES. <clears throat> Excuse me, on the SNES, and an enhanced version came out on the PS1. It was called. It was limited edition. He was damn right. It was limited. It was an Atlas limited release, um, and it's hard to find. And I think it was called. I think the remake on PSP was called "Let Us Clean Together," mm-hmm. and it was kind of a hybrid between a tactical RPG and a strategy RPG. 
all in one. And it's pretty fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the easiest way to get it is it unfortunately never came out on PSN, which I think it should because it, it's over 70 bucks in America. Um, but uh, the PSP let us cling together. It's like four ninety nine on the PSN store. That's <laughs> so probably the best way to get it. But uh, I remember that was a very significant game. So, but uh, I don't know, Andy. Anything else that's uh, coming off the top of your head? Oh, I've, I've got I've got a huge list here. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, Start firing just, them out, buddy. Well, just we were talking about fighting games. There, um, Bloody Roar. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Wasn't that you guys a Transformers Roar? game? <laughs> It kind of was, yeah. Like, yeah, you played as, like, a guy and you transformed him into, like, a kind of... <laughs> Wait, get the basically. fuck out. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like... Um, what it reminded me of was, like, Altered Beast. But it was a it was, it was a fighter. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you it's never like, play this game? No, and I just recently imported Altered Beast on... Uh... <coughs> Actually, real quick side note, guys. Uh, you guys have to know this because this is important to only you two. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my hands on a... Uh, 720p upscaler from component and it upscales pal also uh-huh. nice. so i can now place the pal copy of he-man and my recently imported copy of altered beast oh fuck, into, Why'd you get that? into my playstation 2 and oh. upscale it and capture it in gorgeous 720p now this is a project i definitely have to get on board with once conquers is done <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, is He-Man I, not enough for you? <laughs> I want to go back to He-Man. I'm convinced it was just the alteration of frame rate. I'll get this. It's a really there's a there's a really great game under there. By the way, I should point out that's getting to almost like 2,500 views. <laughs> Lots of people like to watch me fuck that up because most people are like there's a He-Man game on PS2. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I never played Bloody Roar, so please talk a little bit about this game. Well, I mean, it was your. It was. It was basically a two, a one-on-one fighter, and you could transform. Like that was the whole thing about it. Um, I just remember having a lot of fun with doing the transformations. Like I think it was like you built up a sort of a roar, like it was yeah. a little bar at the bottom. You built up, and then you could hit your special move and transform into the sort of into your kind of animal type form. And there was like a lion and a tiger and stuff like that in it. It was absolutely awesome. great. It was- yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right, and it's, it, there's a, like a meter you have that I guess it's similar to kind of like the X-ray moves in modern games, or for like the modern fighters, mm. or the stuff like that. Yeah, and you can try, but it, the game was so broken because once you changed into animal and the other guy didn't, you, you dominated. The, <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, no, that's the best kind of game because it was just the the rush to that, and then yeah. once he <laughs> once he transforms, it's like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Yeah, um, but the. the my, was it was it one where you definitely needed someone on the couch with you yes definitely yeah definitely (laughs) okay um well real quick i've got a handful of games that i think we would be amiss if we or remiss if we didn't mention Mm -hmm. you guys mind me mentioning a couple of staples that you may or may not have thought of so uh, a big one I got to talk about is Puzzle Fighter Two. Did you guys ever get Puzzle Fighter? Yeah, yeah, that was a great game. Like that was that was kind of big because uh, it was in arcades and stuff, but that was the first time it was available, and it was no you know bust a move or what was the what was the big Dreamcast launch one that was similar to that? What's bust a move? Huh. Was it bust a move? 
Uh, was I think not? so. It was like okay. Puzzle Bobble and things like that as well. Choo Choo Rocket was kind of similar, but it wasn't the same. Yeah. Anyway, I'll figure it out. But I remember Puzzle Fighter being a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we should definitely talk about a little game called Symphony of the Night. Uh-huh. We've covered it a bit. Did you guys play that back when it was available? I No, that was really hard to find over here. Okay, cool. I didn't either, and we covered it on the Castlevania episode, so we'll move on. Um, I do think Medal of Honor is worth talking about because it was yeah, kind okay. of the f- closest thing to Call of Duty you would get back then. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've never played it, the attention to detail is pretty impressive, and I think the guys who were part of that would go on to make Infinity Ward, but... Uh, um, what about a little game called Twisted Metal? Are you guys in Europe <laughs> big on that yep. car combat shit? We only got the first yeah, two over awesome. here. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm guessing is the first game. one's really the only one worth playing. Or, or, or actually, yeah, here's the question. Yeah, this is the Godfather, Godfather 2 question. Um, which one's better? We could blow up the Eiffel Tower in the second one. <laughs> yeah, you could. It did have destructible environments. Actually, I'm changing my vote. <laughs> Andy, what's which one did you like? It, didn't two also have that fucking guy who was just like a big muscle man in between two big tires? Yeah, is he the Axel? Yeah, that's it, yeah. 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 Axel, what a perfect name. <laughs> you know, I don't think I even played one now that I think oh, about because that's all like from two. That's what I'm remembering, definitely. Okay, but so you definitely played two. two. <laughs> yeah, definitely two, yeah. All right. Um, do you guys remember uh, lesbian quick time events known as Fear Effect? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. It's absolutely unplayable now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unplayable. I uh, I picked it up uh, on a deal recently for like 10 or 15 bucks, and I totally was ripped off. Four discs! It's four discs, mm-hmm. and in total runtime, it's like 42 minutes. Do you know, okay. I tried, like yeah. night tracks. Well. <laughs> Do you know, I tried to, uh, I bought mm-hmm. on the on the PSN store, try to play that on the Vita. No. Just, Wait, I it's I on PSN? Yes. Yeah, well, yes, over here it is, yeah. I'm gonna have to buy a British. Try to play card. it. Impossible. <laughs> yeah? It's, it's yeah. not impossible. I found, well, I found impossible. It, like, going back, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> it's hard if you if, Yeah. Alright, we've talked about kind of some of the other big ones like Silent Hill. Everybody's kind of aware yeah. of we did an entire episode to it. Resident There's Evil. this little series called Crash Bandicoot. We did the game club on that. There's this little series called Spyro the Dragon, another big one. Um and if we haven't made it clear uh, Polygon Man was actually the true Sega mascot before Spyro and Crash kind of took over. So, huh? Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to think if there are any others. Any? Oh, wait. There is one game I want to talk about. But, uh, Jam, we haven't gotten your input. Anything you want to say about uh, any particular games or series that you were smitten by by the PlayStation 1? Well, back in the day, I was really, I really liked the Gex series. For some oh, reason, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure why. But, well, I think it's <laughs> oh, the first. Sorry, the third I know it better as a 3DO series. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the, um, the first two are quite good. I quite the, the first one's obviously the two D Gex, which is just Gex. Um, that's a 2D game, and then there was Gex 3D, which I really enjoyed actually back in the day. Is um, that Enter the Gecko, or is that 3D? that's Enter the Gecko? And okay. then there's the third one, which was really crap, which was Deep Cover Gecko. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably the only one that's on PSN, isn't it? <laughs> Although over here you can get both, um, in, I think in the US you can get all three, but in, okay. over here in Europe you can get the the set the two 3D versions. Um, I have but, Gex on the 3DO, so I'm good yeah. there. <laughs> it actually runs okay because it preloads it, but yeah, mm. Gex did start life on the 3DO kids. Uh, <laughs> what about uh, Croc? Do you remember Croc? 
Oh, yeah, that's not the hidden gem that everyone swears by. That hidden series. gem, that game, my ass. That game was fantastic. <laughs> what? Bullshit. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit. That's a good game. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's a 3D There's platform. No and fucking way. Uh, like, it's. I mean, it's not as good as like uh, Mario 64, but. <laughs> well, but what is right? <laughs> well, exactly. But I mean, this is. It's I would no say this. Spyro the Dragon Three, but it'll I, do. I don't know. I prefer it to any of the Spyro oh, games. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. wow. now, now I've got to play it. Okay. <laughs> play fucking Croc. I don't think that one's on PSN, PSN? Is it? No. Mm, I'm not sure. Not, not sure. Not in Europe, anyway. Might I bet it's going to cost me like $8. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. uh, It's dead cheap, Fred, on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about, do you remember... Was Croc uh, on the Saturn? Jesus, and, and I think I might have it on Maybe on the Saturn, Saturn too, yeah. I think oh, you gotta check. The, uh, I might have Croc on the Saturn. I don't know. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, anyway, you were saying? Um, did you ever play a G Police? Oh yeah, I remember that. G Police. G Police. You made that up. <laughs> oh my god, I do have Croc on the Saturn. I just checked in the closet. <laughs> Holy shit, I have it on the Saturn. Is the Saturn gonna remo- ruin it, or am I okay? Probably. Um, the Saturn version was okay. The PlayStation version was better, though, as far as I remember. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I did. I, I, you I are Andy. Had... If you're backing no, no, no. the PlayStation version, yeah, exactly. that means a lot. <laughs> and okay. I, I did at one stage have three copies of the PlayStation version just because it seemed to what? just be everywhere for like a pound. <laughs> that's I mean, I'm not, talking like that, within that, the last. That hasn't changed, ten. sir. It's just yeah. it's still a pound. Everywhere. Yeah. Wow, there's no. a did you know gaming on Croc? Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, but no, oh. Croc was excellent. Oh, there's a glitch that makes the game unbeatable on Saturn. Yeah, maybe I should run out <laughs> yeah. and get the uh, PlayStation version of this. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't always happen, but it can happen. Anyway, um, fucking croc. Anyway, uh, you were saying? <laughs> yeah, oh, G-Police. G Do you remember G-Police? What is G-Police? Yeah, police? I had that. It was you sort of played as like a police ship thing, and you you flew about, and I remember that as this like amazing futuristic 3D environment that you could be con- entirely free in, but it's really not like that at all. Oh it's like a virtual God. environment that's, in a box. <laughs> yeah, I've got the PSN copy. It's so funny playing it now. <laughs> you go this back, and it's the box. Seem, the box that you're in seems so small. This looks it, like it, a, when uh, you played it back in the day, it felt like this huge world that you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> This looks like the Jaguar like launch game. God, what was that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so, did anybody play? Um, I'm trying to look it up. Ah, oh, fuck it. Um, <laughs> did anybody play uh, N2O Nitrous Oxide? Didn't play that no. one. Oh, you guys haven't played this? Okay, this is on PSN, at least in America, and I'm pretty sure in Europe. I'll check it's my race- UK account. What? This is the racing game. No, you know what this is? This is a behind the 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 ship tunnel based shmup. <laughs> so think of Defender, yeah. only the ship moves, but your perspective doesn't. <laughs> no, wait, no, actually, your perspective does move. Uh, Defender, it does, or not Defender, Tempest. In Tempest, it doesn't move. Your ship just moves. Think of a Tempest game, but you're actually following right behind the ship, and the camera moves with the ship. And you're shooting bugs, like big, like fucking Starship Trooper bugs. And it's psychedelic. The entire soundtrack, I shit you not, is by the Crystal Method. (laughs) 
And when you pause, it has a underwater effect that floats across the screen while it waits for you, and it <laughs> continues to play the crystal method. <laughs> this is an acid oh. trip waiting to happen. <laughs> it is a fantastic game. What's it called again? An N2O... N2O Nitrous Oxide. It's on PlayStation Network. <laughs> I know it's on PlayStation Network because I bought it, because uh, it's so hard to find in America. It's probably not worth anything, but it's hard right. to find. <laughs> it's a fantastic game. see if it's on the European store as well. <laughs> You've got Did a U.S. account. Oh, but getting dollars on it is probably a pain mm. in the ass. I could help you with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's quite a fucking game. <laughs> did uh, did you guys ever play Cooler World? Cooler World. Cooler World. Oh, it's the same yeah, movie the in the video. Yeah, game, you play right? as a beach ball and you've got to sort yeah. of, like make your way what? around obstacles. Like it's a kind of puzzle game. It's, it's oh, so Fred, it is one pound ninety nine, and you. Sorry, Andy, it's one pound ninety nine over here. That's so totally N two O or Cooler yeah. World. N two O. Oh, mm. you you. That's worth it. Uh, like I'll yeah. buy it for you. Like if I can find a way. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, I'll buy it for that. <laughs> so just, two pound is like four thousand dollars in America, so I'm gonna have to save up a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's fucking awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, that's I, I highly recommend nitrous oxide, uh, if only for a little bit of time. Cybermorph is the game I'm thinking of that reminds me a lot of G Police uh, on the Jaguar. If you're forced to look up a Jaguar game, that's uh, <laughs> it's a terrible game. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Um, Cooler World's on PSN as well. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got it on PS, uh, PSN. It's actually quite playable because it's very simple. Mm. Yeah, you're a beach ball, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, rem- I remember this. It's, uh, it's, it's very addictive. Yeah, there was a demo on on uh, one of the PlayStation magazines. That's why you probably remember it. Everybody mm. played this game. Every, like everyone over here remembers it. Oh, you see, that, that was something I wanted to mention on this show as well. Is the that was a huge thing for the, the Sony PlayStation? Is the the freaking magazines um, yeah. demo discs? Like, you just get those all the time. Yeah, we let's have more talk a little games. bit about the uh, the the PlayStation Underground. Are you guys cool to jump into this and kind of wrap up yeah. the uh, yeah. the show with this? So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys had it there, but here PlayStation Underground was was a big deal. If you'll remember, it was called You Are Not Red E. And yeah. it was like a the the letter U, the letter R, and then the not sign, you know, like the Ghostbusters sign without the ghost in it, and then an, a lowercase E that was red. And you'd see like you are meh, meh, and I'd be like, uh, like my brain would be like, <laughs> I'm 15. I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then like years later, some guy's like, you are not ready. And I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, but uh, what? Over here, we didn't. I don't think we had that, Andy. I think we had "Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation." Wasn't yeah. that our one? Do not underestimate the yeah. power of PlayStation. I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. But ours was like, "You are not ready." <laughs> um, but but it was the same thing, right? You basically signed yeah. up for it. You gave me your address. You fill out the fun little registration card. Send it off to Battle Creek, Michigan, and uh, you get these discs with demos on it. De- the demo scene was massive on the PS One. Yeah. Now, in Europe, did you guys always have kind of a demo scene? I got a buddy who, he does oldschoolgamingblog.com, uh, and he talks all about Amiga demos. Yeah. Um, were those pretty widespread for all kind of CD or computer-based um, media, or is this like one of the first places? 
Well, no, de- well, if you if you had a microcomputer, <laughs> you know, demos were quite a big deal. But then again, so was pirated games. But that's a different yeah. story entirely. But um, the demos were almost pointless because you could get the stuff like the games so easily on the, yeah. back in back in those days. Gotcha. But on the flip side, on PlayStation, you guys rather played a lot of these demos. In fact, yeah. I've heard rumors that there are people who had fucking PlayStation 1s in Japan or in, in UK and almost never bought games. They just played random demos all the time. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty much me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's you just spent all your money on, on the consoles. Fucking yeah. shut-ins. I don't know what their deal is. No, uh, but... Uh, that's cool. And, and there were unlockable demos, right? Didn't Crash Bandicoot give away the whole game or something? I was like Crash Bash, but they only found that out quite a few years later. They, apparently you can unlock the full game in the demo. And wasn't Crash <laughs> Bash shit anyway? It was shit. Okay. Crap. Yeah, as long as we're all, Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember getting that. And not since the PlayStation, or sorry, the, the Nintendo newsletter, the Nintendo Fun Club, had I experienced something like that. It's pretty cool. So... I don't know. Demos were huge. To this mm-hmm. day, you can find a bunch of random demos. They usually, yeah. If, if you go into like um, flea markets or anything, it's usually yeah. they usually sold a huge stack. <laughs> I go in there and I'm looking through discs. and I'm like, no shit, Final Fantasy VII for ninety nine cents. Oh, demo so shit! God damn it! <laughs> oh, the worst thing is when you open a if you see a game and it's you, you open the game and it's just a fucking demo disc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, the, the games themselves came with demo discs. Obviously, Metal Gear Solid came with the Silent Hill demo. That we talked about before it the show. It did? Yep. I mean, it Final did. Final Fantasy Seven, I think. The uh, Platinum version came with a Final Fantasy Eight demo. Yeah, that wasn't really a demo, though. That was just like a yeah, glorified cutscene. Yeah, <laughs> let's not yeah. forget <laughs> that uh, Resident Evil Director's Cut, they sold you the same game the second year in a row. I see what you've done there, Capcom. <laughs> you keep doing it. Keep it up, good buddy. Um, that came with the Resident Evil 2 demo. Um, yep. And then when that got old, that came with the Resident Evil 2 DualShock demo. And then uh, Dino Crisis came with the Resident Evil 3 demo. <laughs> and I believe Resident Evil 2 came with the Dino Crisis demo. <laughs> and Resident Evil 3 came with the Dino Crisis 2 demo. Like, there was a lot of the incestuous shit going here. on there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of demo play. It wouldn't really go main or hardcore until PlayStation Two when they would release. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, what's the K- Kojima um, Mech game that came with a demo for oh, Metal Gear Solid Two? Zone of the Enders. <laughs> Zoe, Zoe came with the uh, the MGS Two demo. Yeah, the, just like with um, Crackdown and the Halo 3 Beta, the only reason you brought that game was for Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a great time to be a gamer. Uh, yeah. the, the final thing that I want to mention with it is: Do you guys remember um, all of the myriad of peripherals that came with it? I remember I had this thing that plugged into the controller. Like between the controller and the console, and then you strapped it onto your wrist, and it vibrated. What? <laughs> no, I didn't. What the hell is that? My high school girlfriend would have killed her. She, yeah. How? I mean, how big of a wrist did it support? Because maybe she'd get around her leg or something. But uh, you could have definitely used it for that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> get in the game, EA Sports. Uh, but. Uh, Every, she could feel every tackle. Um, but uh, 
I'm trying to think of the only thing that was a big deal for me was the light gun. And it was funny because it only worked with one game, Time Crisis. And Time Crisis in my head looked just like the arcades. It point did blank. not look just like point the blank. arcades. That's always a game. What the fuck is Point Blank? <laughs> point Blank? Oh, you've never played Point Blank? Oh, point I mean, Blank is better than Time Crisis. Fucking love Point Blank. <laughs> <laughs> is there a light gun game, Point Blank? Really? Yep, All yep. I've got yeah, is uh, Time Crisis 1, 2, and something else. And then I've also got uh, the the Leith. I have Area Fifty One, and I have the Lethal Enforcers collection. Oh, oh, what about Resident Evil Survivor, Fred? Oh, wait, I <laughs> do have Resident Evil Survivor, but thanks to school shootings, we weren't allowed to use our guns yeah. for it. <laughs> Sorry, it was, like, it was like a minigun collection. What minigun yeah. collection? Yeah, and not that, Fred, um, point back one, two, and oh three. Oh my worst. god, <laughs> there were sequels. <laughs> It's brilliant. It's, it's a brilliant game. They're all the same, though, point blank. They're, they're great games, but they're all, every, you need one of them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, why is it... Oh, wait. Oh, it's called Gun Bullet in Japan? That's <laughs> unique. Uh, I don't know if this came out in America. Ah, well, there's something for you to import. That's <laughs> a list. Oh, wait. Nope, I'm an idiot. It looks like it did. <laughs> yep, it did. Yep, I'll have to find those. Those fucking Safari guys look great. Love yeah. the stash. Oh, yeah, Point Blank 1, 2, and 3 came out in America. <laughs> How about that? There's a Hogan's Alley level. What the fuck? <laughs> I got to buy Point Blank 3 first. Yep. It's very clear. I want to buy some yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Another thing to use my gun con on. Uh, speaking of in between, the gun con was interesting because you plugged your your uh, composite video. Uh, it went in between your composite video into the, like you basically plugged your composite video on your PlayStation to the gun con. Then the gun con had a composite video that would plug into the TV. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it. So, all right. Well, we could go on forever, but I think everybody yeah. is ready to. Uh, Hit up some VGO other than possibly VGO, but I'm not going to keep up their time. Black Dog's here, so um, I'm going to let you go. You can find us on GamingHistory101.com. Andy, where can we find you? You can find me on 42 Level 1, uh, live in allgames.com every Tuesday, 4.30 Eastern, 7.30 Greenwich. No, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time, 1.30 Pacific, and you can find all our old episodes and whatnot over in 42Level1.com. Fantastic. Uh, podcast fantastic website uh and you can find us of course over here on allgames.com every tuesday night at 7 p.m eastern standard time until next week this is oh elemental gear bolt b mulligan throws it in the end yes great working designs game i will feature that at some point and talk about it more i will do a review and stuff but great game um i had to hunt that down very heavily but uh, anyway until next week um for me and jam over at gaming history 101 i am at spiders venom he is at jamalias j-a-m-a-l-a-i-s and we will see say peace out happy gaming